Welcome to the Walk On Mentality Podcast, where we interview CEOs, entrepreneurs, pro athletes, endurance athletes, and other professionals who at one point in their life were a walk-on and talk about how those experiences translate into the real world. What's up, everybody? This is your host, Jackson Mitchell, and we are back with another episode of the Walk On Mentality Podcast. This week, it's a super special episode because we're recording this live in the stew, first of all. Second of all, we've got a great guest, Joe Heineman in the studio. It's our first baseball player. So, Joe, welcome to the show. I appreciate you being here. Glad to be here. Let's get it. Yeah, man. So, um, man, this is this is a crazy time. covid and, you know, the last several episodes, I've kind of just ignored the fact that, <laughs> that we're in the middle of a pandemic, but no. what, uh, what's been going six on? Six feet, we're six feet. Yeah. <laughs> six feet apart, don't yeah. worry. But uh, what, what's been going on with you during the pandemic, man? How are things going? Man, it's, uh, you're right, it's a crazy time. I, you know, I hope everyone listening is staying safe, um, staying healthy. Um, man, I, I've just been working from home. I'm blessed uh, my job is letting me work from home. Um, I caught the, the virus. I caught a case back in June. Yeah. Uh, don't know how. I think it, it came from the gym. But, uh... You can't get away from the gym, bro. Like, can't get away. Can't. Grind never stops. <laughs> but, I mean, I think I had a mild case compared to others. Mm-hmm. It was still terrible. Um, and, believe it or not, in, mo- in, like, the last several weeks, I've actually known more people that have got it. Yeah. Than, like when it first started. Yeah, man, it's weird. Like, obviously for me working in healthcare and seeing like, I won't say I'm on the front lines cause I'm not dealing with patients who, who have COVID, but like just seeing how the hospitals are having their employees move around and like handle stuff has been really weird. And then you see, obviously the news is whoever's speaking, they're saying whatever they want right, to say, but right. it's like, we see the cases going up, but the deaths going down. It's like, are these people really sick? There's no, there's no doubt in my mind that it's a real thing. It's just hard to wrap, wrap your mind around, I guess. Dude, um, it is crazy. Yeah, yeah. You would have told me I would have lived through a pandemic. I'd be like, what? Right. We're <laughs> we're, in, we're gonna be in the history books for sure. Um, well, yeah, man. Obviously, you know the what this podcast is. So oh yeah. Oh, let's yeah. let's get into it, bro. So tell the audience a little background on yourself. Where are you from? Just talk about your journey coming up from, I guess, high school, uh, prior to your recruitment, and then, you know, through. Cool, cool. Yeah, okay, so Joe Hyman background, and stop me if I get on tangents, because I, I go on you. deep rabbit holes, yeah. and it gets bad sometimes. I got you. Um, I grew up in Southlake. I, I played football, baseball. Um, you know, I felt like I was eyed at football. <laughs> like, I was okay. I think ba- baseball was always my true passion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, everyone listening to this, and, and I think you know this, South Lake Carroll, like football, football, football pri- priorities, football. Yeah. Um, and that's what all my boys were doing. That's kind of like the vibe everyone was going with. I didn't want to miss out on anything. Um, and that was a big reason why I played football, just because I want to be with my boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I think I was decent at it. Yeah. Well, you started. Yeah, I mean, senior year minimum, right? You started. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, obviously, if you're if you're starting at South Lake Carroll, f- big five A state championship, like you were good at football, bro. Yeah. Like, so I mean, it was a great time. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to have a little bit of you know what I'm saying. It was, I appreciate the humility, but it was a, like it was a great time, and I learned a lot from football, like as an athlete. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of my mental toughness and all, you know, et cetera, et cetera, came from football. Yeah. Um, if I just played baseball only, I think I would have been a completely different athlete. Yeah. So what do you, I guess, give me a couple of things that kind of stick out in your mind that you got from football that you probably wouldn't have got if you were just baseball. Um, dude, just like not being a bitch. Yeah. Fair <laughs> you know, enough. You know? Fair enough. Yeah. Just I mean, being tough. Like, um, there's something that's instilled in you when you're going through football and that grind. Yeah. It's a physical um, sport. And then like growing up in Carroll, we had Dragon Maker off season. Like I know you probably missed some of the off season with baseball, yeah. but if you were involved in any of the the off season stuff we did in high school, it got yeah, real. I mean it's like the football training like it takes your mind it's it's less about your physicalness. Mm-hmm. Like it takes your mind to a whole nother planet almost. Right. You gotta just find an inner self get shit done. Yeah. Okay. Whereas, I mean, whereas, not to throw shade at only baseball players, mm-hmm. but I think it helped me over time. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so, so South Lake Carroll, that was, a t- I mean, tangent, that yeah, was a tangent. No, it's good, bro. That's, um, that's good stuff. South Lake Carroll, so, I'm the first baseball guy on the mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what you'll find out um, if you interview more baseball guys is their paths are all different. Like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean... Baseball recruiting, recruiting wise, I mean they have showcases like football, like football has rivals and all that yeah. stuff. Like baseball has similar um, companies that do that type of thing mm-hmm. to get yourself out there and get exposure and whatnot. Um, so you have that. Um, you got all these showcases that you're trying to get um, exposure to college coaches. Like you're you're trying to go big D one like everyone else is. So is that like my understanding and knowledge of baseball is pretty limited so like from from the outside looking in like I don't know if, if you want to go JUCO because I see a lot of people go JUCO and I see a lot of people go to like I won't I don't want to call them lower level institutions because like that might be the desired path in that sport but like right. would you say people are trying to go big time D1 full ride or are people trying to go to JUCO or does it just so happen that a lot of people do go to JUCO and then you know, what's the... No, that's a good question. So, I mean, you got to <clears throat> take yourself back to your teenager self mm-hmm. and your mindset mm-hmm. and where I was big at the D1. time. And it's like, yo, big D1, mm-hmm. like, if I go Juco, no girls are going to like me. <laughs> <laughs> like, all that type of stuff. Like, that <laughs> dumb mindset. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny now that we're looking back on it. But yeah. at the time, when you're trying to go play, you're like, damn, I want to go to you know, Vanderbilt, LSU, mm-hmm. Texas... You know all these huge schools, and not that you can't, um, but you'll find out that if you really love the game, like you'll go where you'll play. And isn't it different with baseball too? Like, there's only a very small number of full rides that they're giving out. They're giving out a lot of partial scholarships. Right, right, right. So, um, to be honest, I really still don't know the full details because <laughs> I, I was never on money. Yeah, uh, that's why I'm on here, but. Um, <laughs> There's only 11.7. Okay. So I know that sounds weird, but oh, wow. okay. um, so like a full most of the time, as far as I know, a full when someone says full ride in baseball, that's like a combined athletic academic to give them a full ride. Oh wow. Okay. Um, uh, most of the time, and I say most because obviously there's some anomalies, mm-hmm. but most of the time, a baseball scholarship is a partial scholarship. I got you. Okay. And you know. Full ride, like they have some academic slush. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's 11.7, and it's been like that forever. Mm-hmm. So coaches struggle, especially at private schools, because they're so expensive. Right. 
they got to divvy it out um, strategically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then their recruiting pool is shrinking because not every kid can afford to go there without a scholarship. Right. Right. So, you know, there's additional variables for those coaches at those schools. But. So if you're a baseball player listening, it sounds like you got to have good grades because you, you're probably going to need some academic scholarship money to help you get no doubt. a full ride. So no doubt. Don't limit take care of your school. Yeah, don't, don't limit yourself. And bank on getting an athletic scholarship because um, you know you're just limiting your options mm-hmm. at that point. So where did you fit in that spectrum of players? Did you have yeah? Did you have scholarships at all? Did you have partials? Where did you fit in that spectrum? Okay, yeah. So I was a good player, mm-hmm. but I don't think I was ever a prospect. And there's a huge difference in baseball. Because MLB guys are looking at high, like are looking at freshmen in high school. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my old one of my That's old Baylor, co- yeah, one of my old Baylor coaches is a sports agent now, mm-hmm. and he's going to like high school tournaments because these young kids are going to be project. They're project. They're projecting them that far out. That's that far crazy. out. I mean, they're about to get paid. Mm-hmm. So they're. I mean, they're watching them from freshmen, maybe even before. I doubt it, but at a young, young age. Mm-hmm. So your spectrum you're talking about it's like you know varsity high school type of player mm-hmm. not going to play in college to like MLB draft pick mm-hmm. that's basically the spectrum yeah where I fell where I thought where I think I fell at that time was like I can play college ball mm-hmm. what type of college ball maybe I don't know mm-hmm. but I can play at the next level yeah um, so that being said I had one scholarship offer from Arkansas Little Rock, mm-hmm. which is a, a mid-tier, mid-major school, not a, not a Texas, not a Baylor, not a Vanderbilt, not a huge school, but not a JUCO. Okay. And is that a, is it a it, D1? Yeah, it's a D1. Okay. Yeah, so not D2, D3. Gotcha. So it's a D1. They're in the Sunbelt Conference. Um, I, I don't want to bash that school because I've never been there. I went to visit a couple times, and I committed there. Mm-hmm. Like So this is where I'm telling every story is different. So... I signed my letter of intent to go there mm-hmm. in high school, and some things went down. The co- you know the coaching staff got fired because X Y Z. Um, my mom was super upset about the whole ordeal and was like, "You're not going there." Mm-hmm. And you know, me as a kid, like committed to a D one, I'm like devastated. Yep. I'm like, "What do you mean?" Like. It was a it was a bad day at the Heinen household. I was yeah. like, oh my god, my <laughs> life's over. Right. And keep in mind, this is like the summer going into college. Mm-hmm. Like I I just un, quote unsigned or deacon whatever you want to say from UALR. Mm-hmm. What am I gonna do now? Right, no plan. Like zero not a lot plan. Of time. No time. Yeah. And it's like, my parents are like, all right, do you even still want to play? I'm like, yeah, well, yeah I still want to play. Yeah. What do you mean? I still- right, like this wasn't me deciding to decommit. Like, yeah, like, this was this something out of my control. Out of my control, just a shit storm mm-hmm. just fell on us. Right. Um, you know, let's try and find, like, where are our options? Let's not, like, cry about it. Like, what can we do about it? Yeah. So, the Little Rock ordeal happened, and it's like a month away. So, really the options are enroll in a school and just walk on to whatever program that is or go JUCO. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's what my options were at that time. Right. So, and baseball is also a small world. Everyone wants to help you out. Mm-hmm. So I was calling coaches. 
um, you know, basically just coaches, like old coaches of mine. I'm like, yeah. hey, I need some help. Like, like from club ball? High club school? ball, yeah. high school, whatever. Instructors. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey. Anybody. Just anybody. Just connecting. Hey, this is what happened. Like, yeah. I need you to reach out to like coaches you know, college coach, like JUCO guys, like mentors mm-hmm. in JUCO now. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, hold on a second. That's crazy because like I'm drawing a complete like parallel with uh, <laughs> some experience I had trying to find a job, like just networking like crazy, calling everybody I knew, trying to get a connection and it helped me. So I'm curious to hear how that. Yeah. I mean you. like net, it's just the thing we're never slam the door on an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the point? Yep. Don't burn bridges. Don't. Yeah. Like your ego's too big. Nah, it's dumb. Mm-hmm. Like always keep everything open. Mm-hmm. So, and what a lot of people don't know is like everyone wants to help other people. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be scared to ask for help. Yeah. Um, so all, all these coaches were really like doing an amazing job, like calling coaches to give me like an opportunity or like to open a door for me. Mm-hmm. So I went on this JUCO tour. I like to say within like two weeks, I was driving around Texas. I mean, JUCOs are in like, the boondocks (laughs) um and you know long story short man some of those jucos yeah bro i had teammates like all throughout college and like they were transferred from jucos actually one of my best buddies matt davis he played quarterback for us he went to tyler junior college yeah and the stories he told me about like just living in the dorms like the cinder block walls like you're in jail like Wearing the same equipment, like without it being washed, like all this stuff. Um, the JUCO life breeds some real ones, from what I from what I understand. If you can make it out of JUCO, then you're a, a different type. So yeah, no, I mean, it's been it's been a long time since I've been there. Mm. So looking back, it was like a great time. But keep in mind, I'm not this age back then. I'm yeah. like a young buck still, mm. all upset because I'm not going D1. No mm. girls are going to like me. I I suck. Right, right. Um, so long story short, I ended up at Weatherford College. Okay. And over in Fort Worth, mm-hmm. like thirty minutes from TCU, on your way to Abilene. Mm-hmm. Um, and like going there, I was just like, God, ah, you know, damn, like this sucks. Yeah. Like what I wasn't. What de- was me? I was depressed. Like this. Yeah. Why did this happen to me? Mm-hmm. Like, of course, it happens to me. Me, me, me. Mm-hmm. Like. Um, t- just total selfish type yeah, of attitude. Wrong mindset. Wrong mindset. <clears throat> and on top of that, so, um, you know, at Weatherford, I was going to be a shortstop, mm-hmm. but I also pitched some. And I was like, Coach Lightfoot's his name. Shout out, Coach Lightfoot. Maybe he'll mm-hmm. listen to this. <laughs> um, so he was like, Yeah, yeah, I'll let you pitch in the fall because Juco, you have a full fall season and a full spring season. Oh, bet. The okay. purpose of that is, you know, so college to get goes, you out of there. To get you out of there. Yeah. You're not trying to say a JUCO for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew at the time I had some AP credits from high school that transferred over to Weatherford. Mm-hmm. So I was only staying for a year. Yeah. Regardless. You were going to graduate, period. Now, Coach Lightfoot, maybe not known that at first. <laughs> but, but I knew, I'm like, hey, I'm at, like, I got a year to do this. Mm-hmm. Like even if baseball's not a thing, I'm I'm going to a school somewhere else because yeah. I'm not taking ping pong for a year, <laughs> <laughs> basket weaving. <Yeah. laughs> so um, shortstop pitcher, I'll let you pitch in the fall some. Show me what you got. Mm. Um, and I got beat out at shortstop. Huh. 
Wow. I got beat out. So So you better be a good pitcher. And you know you're not and Juco for the for the young bucks listening to this, if you go to Juco, don't think that just because you're all state, all this, whatever, that you're gonna start right away. Like JUCO is highly competitive. There's kids coming from all over with a chip on their shoulder. They're trying to get out of there just like you are. Mm. So you got to come out and show out from the get-go. Yep. And from a shortstop perspective, for me, I didn't do that. And I just flat out got beat out by um, his name, Sam Mahofsky. Great dude. Love that guy. Yeah. Um, but... I got beat out, and so I go from signing D1, mm-hmm. unsigning, mm-hmm. Juco, like a back super up. backup, yeah. like, now I'm just Ooh. like, baseball sucks. Because yeah. <laughs> it's not your fault, it's baseball's fault. Exactly. Right. Like, I didn't take uh, responsibility for anything, because um, I'm, just, I'm just a young, dumb idiot. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so I'm like, I guess pitching's my thing now. I have to show out pitching. Yeah. It's my only option left. Um, and I did. So I became, I still like hit BP and stuff. And like I could sub in if someone got hurt shortstop or infield mm-hmm. wise, but I was mainly a pitcher. Okay. And um, with Juco, it's the same thing in high school recruiting. Like there's a lot of games. So you're being exposed a lot. There's not necessarily like showcases like Under Armour showcase, perfect game, all that. But, um, if you're not a prospect, and like I said before, I didn't think I was a prospect. If you're not a prospect, you have to be involved in the recruiting process. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is you have to go online, Research the schools you are interested in. Find those coaches' contacts and email them yourself. Wow. Like, wow. if you think that um, coaches are just going to flock to you just because you went to a JUCO, you're wrong. Yeah. Like, you have to put in the effort. That's crazy. I That's that's like uh, whenever I, you know, I had an offer from Air Force and Stephen F. Austin, and, you know, I wasn't going to take those opportunities. And so I was trying to find the right opportunity for me and that's what I like had to do and fortunately I had to help my pops but like we my film got sent to all those coaches like you had to find who's the recruiting coordinator who's the position coach the defensive coordinator because I played linebacker like and hit them up like Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it wasn't like you just said like it's not just going to happen for you and so like you can't have the mindset of like oh woe is me I'm not getting the opportunity I want so on and so forth like you got to go get it oh yeah so like an example would be, and when you email these coaches, they don't know that you're emailing other schools. Mm-hmm. So like you custom tailor the email to them. Mm-hmm. It would be like, hey, Coach X at TCU, like really interested in you know coming to your school, blah blah blah. Um, here's my schedule for the rest of the season. Here are my stats so far. Would really love for you to come watch. Go Frogs! Wow, man, that's nuts. Hi. Like that's nuts. I can't. I would have never never imagine that because like and now i'm really curious to know if like football like juco football is the same way because yeah. my understanding of juco football is that people like the coaches are still going to recruit from those those big time juco's like we had people from trinity valley junior college tyler junior college um and some like well-known um juco's but i think our coaches were like going there to see like okay who can i get from this juco right. so the fact that you, you know, as like a probably, probably like 
18, 19 year old kid yeah. are doing that, that's like, that's real stuff. I mean, uh, you, you have to, wow. and just advice to the young people listening to this, like who are playing baseball, obviously, you have to get out of your comfort zone and you also have to look at other options. I know there's some kids who are like, I'm going to Texas, I'm going to X, I'm going to Y. That's the only school I want to go to. Like, it comes down to if you really love the game, and if you really love the game, it's not going to matter where you go. Mm-hmm. You go where you can play mm-hmm. and make an impact yep. and be a better player, be a better person. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of times that's a place where you didn't expect it to be at first. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So you blast out emails like, Coach, I'm trying to ball where you're at. Like, come check your boy out. <laughs> so where did you, at what point in time did you get some, like, some love back? Some love, yeah. And, you know, where did you go, essentially? Okay, yeah. So I got some love from very few of my schools. <laughs> like, let's just be honest here. So I'm, I'm grinding these emails out. Mm. Um, and I probably get I probably hear back from 5% of them. How many do you think you sent out? Probably all the D1 programs in Texas and the surrounding states. Wow. Like, I'm hustling. I'm yeah. like, yo, I got to get out of here. Yeah. And like I said, I'm a pitcher and I don't throw hard. <laughs> like, here, here's another thing about baseball to clue you in on. Like, if you're a pitcher and you, you're right-handed and you throw slow, like, good luck. Yeah. And that has Joe Heineman written all over it. <laughs> <laughs> like right hander throws slow, like cool dude, like sick. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so what made me different was I had like nat, like a nasty changeup. Okay, I got some nasty off speed. Mm-hmm. You have to, if you have something in your arsenal that gets people out, mm-hmm. you can play with that. Mm-hmm. There's some guys that are just gifted and throw 99 miles per hour. You know? Yeah, they're just god gifted, in my opinion. I think. I may be wrong. I think you can train to throw harder, but people who just naturally throw hard didn't train. Like some people just naturally throw hard. Dude, I, I like, I think you're right. I mean, I played with some dudes who didn't work out hard, who ate whatever they wanted. I'm talking about pizza, fries, burgers every day, just like doused in ranch dressing bro like they ate like garbage and they still had like 15 packs of abs that were shredded <laughs> and like ran like you know four three so you're you're not lying like there's people who are just god gifted freaks of nature right. and you know no matter how hard i work to you know have a 15 pack i might not have it because i'm just not built like that right um but are we gonna get down ourselves right. about it? right we're gonna like work with what we got yeah and that's what yeah. i was gonna say is like Whatever your strength is, like figure out figure out what it is and capitalize on it. And not only that, but like my parents always used to tell me growing up, like hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. So Facts. if somebody has all these gifts but they don't use them and you, you know, everybody's gifted in some way, but let's say you're not quite to that level uh, athletically, but you're willing to grind, put in the work, like I think the person who's working harder is gonna win. That's yeah, just my opinion. For sure. Um, but yeah, so slow right-handed pitcher <laughs> sent 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 a sent the cover letter to the schools. I want to come yeah. play there. Got five percent love back. Go ahead, yeah. keep going. Yeah. So my my different differentiator mm-hmm. was my off speed mm-hmm. and my ability to pitch backwards and counts. 
um, to get weak contact miss barrels. I know this might sound like a different language to you. Yeah, for sure. I'm but, kinda, I think I'm following you, though. Yeah, so I didn't need to throw hard with, with the pitches I had. I was able to be successful with what I could bring to the table. Mm. And other, like, college coaches kind of knew that about me. Like, they know Joe Heineman from high school. Like, they know, they're familiar with the name. Yeah. Um, and they knew I didn't throw hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, all I was really looking for in those emails was a door, like an open door. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can get into the scholarships and all that. Some kids, like, they have to have a scholarship because that gives them some sense of relief mm-hmm. when they go there. Now, I mean, if you get to go there, the money doesn't matter anymore. Right. Like, whoever plays the best is going to play. Yeah. That's just, I mean, kind of slice it up how you want, but that's my opinion. It's a fact. I mean, my, like, I was a walk-on, mm-hmm. and I finished my career as a captain. Like, you you don't have to be a five-star recruit to get on the field. Like, right. you, and you might not get on the field immediately, um, but if you can ball in any capacity, like, they're going to find a way to get you out there because exactly. you're going to help them win. Exactly. So, so back to your initial question. Uh, what schools, mm-hmm. um, like that 5% or whatever. So I had some interest from UTA, mm-hmm. um, had some interest from Baylor, and that was about it. Yeah. I mean, maybe TC, maybe I could throw TCU in, the, in there because Kirk Sarlis, uh, the pitching coach there, was at Weatherford often. Okay. He was looking at this other pitcher that was my teammate mm-hmm. who threw gas. Mm-hmm. Um so he saw you. So, so but, he saw me, but like, yeah. was he looking at me? Nah, yeah. probably not. Yeah. But good guy too. I, I know him personally. Yeah. So UTA and Baylor, basically. Mm. And, you know, at, at first, uh, at first, like when you hear those two schools, you're like, dude, Baylor. Yeah. Course. It's like, like, there's no, no, no hesitance. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the thing was that UTA was kind of like talking back more to me than Baylor was mm-hmm. so it's like is Baylor even interested like right, you want to feel wanted I want to feel wanted yeah, yeah. exactly um, and everyone wants to feel wanted mm-hmm. it gives you a sense of like comfort yep absolutely but at the end of the day um, I went to go visit Baylor and I talked with the coach at the time there's another story about this like the coach at the time Steve Smith mm-hmm. and I actually never got to play for him wow and I'll tell you about that in yeah. a second all right and a great visit, like I just felt like I was wanted type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, no scholarship. It was kind of like a hey, you know, our roster is going to be this in the fall. With you, it's going to be this. You're going to have to compete for X amount of spots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yada yada yada. And I was like, look, I'm down. Like, yeah. give me a shot. I'm I'm here. Um, so yeah, I'm committed to Baylor. I told Coach Lightfoot that he was not happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Those AP classes were gonna have you graduating anyway, though. Yeah, but you know his, he was like, "Dude, what's the rush? Like, yeah. you want to just go graduate and get a job? Like, yeah. stay, stay <laughs> yeah. here another year." I'm yeah. like, "Ah, coach, like I had a great time, but I'm out." All right. Um. So yeah, I, I chose Baylor, and I'm so happy I did. Looking back, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, I'll just keep going on the story while it's fresh in my mind. I commit to Baylor. So the Weatherford season's done in the spring. So it's like kind of like summertime now. Mm. 
and I took that summer off, which I should have probably went and trained somewhere, but whatever. Um, me and my dad are driving back from the Colonial for mm-hmm. golf tournament. Mm-hmm. I get a call from Trevor Moat. So baseball, the college D1 programs normally have like four coaches, like head coach, pitching coach, hitting coach, volunteer assistant, like whatever. They have a staff too. Mm-hmm. It's not just one guy. Um, so I get a coach from, or a call from one of the assistants. He's like, hey, Joe, like, you got a minute? Blah, blah, blah. Like, not a good start yeah. to the call. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, of course. And he said, I mean, this isn't verbatim, but basically he said, hey, um, all the staff's, like, getting let go. Like, we're all... Round two. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like, this is happening again? Mm-hmm. And I'm already a year into college. I can't, I'm like, can't go to, back to Weatherford. Yeah. Don't want a basket weave for a year. Yep. And Coach Life was probably Coach like, Life was probably like, nah, dog, yeah, like, like, give me the finger type of thing. <laughs> and then, um, it's like, what do I do now? Yeah. And um, Trevor Mode, he's like, so the new coaches have already got word of like, the list of guys that are coming in, you know, you should be hearing from them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just play it by ear. I'm like, yo, play it by ear. Yeah, like, that's not what you, you want to hear right now. Yeah. Play by ear, like, first of all, Baylor's expensive. Mm-hmm. You think my parents want to play this by ear? Oh <laughs> right. my god! Right, right. Um, so, I was just super stressed. My parents were super stressed. I uh, prayed a lot about it, mm-hmm. but with baseball, they have like this early summer thing. So you go and take a couple summer classes, like get accustomed to college or like a bigger school. In my case, because I was a transfer, mm-hmm. um, do summer workouts, that type of stuff. I never heard back. I never heard back from the new coaches. Jeez. So I'm going into Baylor with like my ass like tight. Yeah, you just... (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea what, like, where you stand with anybody. Anything. Yeah. Um, And uh, basically, I had to... I looked at it two ways. One was, this sucks Mm. ass. Like, I'm getting shafted again. Mm-hmm. And another was, hey, man, I'm going to Baylor. This is a clean slate for me because these coaches have no idea who I am. Yes, bro. If I show out from the get-go, like, I'm a dog now. Yep. Bro, I'm telling you right now, at uh, SMU, my sophomore year, we played North Texas the first game, got just murdered, and our head coach dipped. DC took over as a head coach for the rest of the season. And then at the end of that season, that whole staff got fired. So same thing, like Chad Morris and his coaching staff were coming from Clemson. Um, you know, we had Coach True, the strength coach, coming from Oklahoma State. Um, my linebacker coach, Coach Mack, came from, uh, from New Mexico. Like, same thing, clean slate. And I'm telling you right now, that clean slate was probably the best thing that happened to me. Um, because just like you said, like, that's it. That's an opportunity to show some people who probably have no... They, they know nothing about you. They probably haven't watched your film. Nothing. Maybe they have, but they, they know nothing. And you have the opportunity <laughs> to show them, like, hey, I'm, I can ball. Like, exactly. I can ball. So that, that's a... While at one moment it might seem like this is the worst thing that could happen, like, it could very well be the best thing that happened. Oh, it was a blessing in disguise yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, I mean, you know this too. If you meet a new coach, they're critiquing everything. Mm-hmm. So not just everything on the field, but off the field and in, yep. in the weight room. Yep. Um, 
you know, how you present yourself, just all the little things that you don't think about, they're watching. And I was just fortunate enough that fall, that first fall at Baylor, like I showed out Mm -hmm. hard. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I'm confident to say that I was one of the top pitchers on the team that fall. Mm -hmm. And you can ask my teammates, um, I came back after Christmas break, maybe not the case anymore. (laughs) That fall, that first impression. Yeah. I was that guy. Yep. And my co- my my confidence was out the roof. Like I had no doubt in my mind that I was at least making the team. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was a thing going in. It's like, hey, you're fighting for these spots, mm-hmm. these roster spots. I'm like, okay. Perform that fall. I'm like, damn, I'm on a team. Mm-hmm. So now what type of thing? Right. Um, so Baylor, um, yeah, I'm on the team, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what's my role going to be now? Um, and how can I help the team? Because mm-hmm. I. At that point, it's like, I'm not a big program. Like, I'm not going to be that, that dude who's, like, upset that he's not the Friday night starter under the lights. Mm-hmm. Like, getting all the sorority girls. <laughs> um, so, I'm like, dude, how, how can I help my team win? Of course, you want to be a starter. But mm-hmm. I was really never, I mean, other than high school, I was really never a starter. And, by the way, in high school, everyone's a starter. <laughs> like, it is what it is. Yeah. You don't have a bullpen in high school. You pretty much have two to three pitchers that you ride the whole season. Yeah. College is a different beast. Mm. Um, and so in my Baylor career, I fit best for the team in the bullpen. Mm. That was just my role. And, you know, that was the way, or that was how I could succeed. Mm. And, you know, coach, the Baylor staff, coach Strauss and coach Rodriguez and coach Taylor, like they're going to put everyone in a position to succeed. Mm-hmm. Like that's their job. And that's, that's how you win. That's how you win. Yeah. So, um, you know, the bullpen, you know what the bullpen is? Yeah. Yeah. So it's everyone who pitches after the starter mm-hmm. is considered the bullpen. And, you know, I shifted throughout, like I would, sometimes I'd be the first guy out of the pen. Sometimes I'd be the setup man for the closer. Like my roles within the bullpen changed over the years, mm-hmm. but I was always in the pen Yeah. and I was okay with that. Um, that's what it's about, bro. Finding, finding whatever that role is and getting into it. And whenever you get opportunity to, to do what you do best doing it. Exactly. And that's that. Yeah. The, the one, the problem with bullpen in college that, that some people, um, don't realize is you can get put in the doghouse so fast. Like you could have one game where you're dominant. Mm -hmm. But you don't you throw like twenty pitches, mm-hmm. so you can pitch the next day. It's unlike a starter where they throw a hundred pitches and need some rest. Mm-hmm. Like bullpen guys are like firing bullets every day. Yeah, <sighs> my poor arm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can have a great day, and then you can have a cr- like crazy crappy day. Mm-hmm. Like but you, you only got twenty pitches. Like give up like yeah. ten bombs, and you're like, should I quit? <laughs> 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 and you get put in the doghouse. Mm-hmm. So then coach is like, you just gave up five bombs. I'm not pitching you for another two weeks. Yeah. So then you have to sit on it. So then it's a mental game. Oh my God. Such a mental game. So I had plenty of great uh, appearances where I did great. I had plenty of crappy appearances. Mm -hmm. So in that I learned how to um, keep my attitude like kind of steady. You know, like, um, like our old South Bay coaches used to say like, not too high on the highs, not too low on the lows. Like, kind of just yep. keep it level. Yep. Um, because baseball is a game of failure, but you're trying to limit that failure, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, you know, over time, over my three years at Baylor, like my last year, I was really good at just, um, just staying steady, mm-hmm. like not getting too hype when I'm doing good and not getting too down because I know I'm going to get another opportunity. Man, we had a, we had like a mental performance coach at SMU and it's, it's actually so funny, but he, uh, he, cause he came to South Lake when I was like eighth grade, maybe before his name's Brian Kane. Oh yeah. So yeah. You know Brian Kane, yeah. but he, uh, we did like mental performance stuff every week during the week at practice. And then the night before the game, we would go through like mental imagery visualization. And that was, that was one of his biggest things, uh, was not too high in the highs, not too low in the lows. And he actually works with a lot of baseball programs. Um, and it's so important, dude. I mean, like, so important. You can't, you can't, you can't stay focused on one negative thing that happened because then if you just keep thinking about it, then more negative things are gonna happen, and it's it's like a snowball effect that keeps on rolling. But if you can just move from the negative thing onto like like you said, a neutral place, then everything moving forward is gonna be looked at differently if you're coming from a neutral spot. So right, um, and your mind, and I'm sure it happened to you in football, but you do all these mental training classes and probably some days you're like, oh God, like yeah. we gotta do this. But <laughs> right. in the game, like your mind is spinning like a top mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't know how to control your body. Mm-hmm. Like you look like uh, one of those- Wacky wavy inflatable Yeah, exactly, at the car dealership. And you got all these butterflies and you're like, I can't control my emotions. Mm-hmm. And you know, even though it's tedious sometimes, like it really helps to slow everything down, mm-hmm. take a breath and just like relax. Yeah. So important. It's, it's, uh, it's funny, dude. Like I, even to this day, like I don't do it. I don't play sports. I work out and I work and like, that's what I do. Um, but I talk to myself so much like yeah. through workouts if I'm running, like having a cardio session where I'm in pain, like I'm talking to myself like, bro, Mm-hmm. Don't be weak, bro. Like mm-hmm. you finished it, like you've done worse than this. Or, you know, if I'm working long hours, like this is what it is. Like self talk is is critical in my opinion, in more than just sports. No doubt. Yeah, I learned about a lot about myself as a player and person over the three years, mm-hmm. and I grew in a positive way mm-hmm. um, towards the end, especially my senior year. But man, the high points. I mean, Baylor was a losing program when I went there. Mm-hmm. I think they had five maybe six straight losing seasons wow um which baylor in the early 2000s in that time that era like they were known for being like pretty dominant Mm -hmm. pretty good like a winning program yeah not a losing program um so you know all the credit to coach rod and the staff um man we flipped that program around Mm -hmm. my first year we were still like average we were had a losing record Mm -hmm. but a lot of the, you know, a new wave of players was coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love those seniors I was with the first year, but like a new Coach Rod era was coming. Yep. And he has totally flipped that program around. He's had, you know, first round draft picks the last couple of years, like insane stuff. Yeah. We went to two regionals, won a Big Twelve title. Um, just had a, just had a great ass time, man. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade my time at Baylor for anything in the world. And, uh, you know, just met a lot of good people, like just good people, man. Mm. It's just like people you want to surround yourself with. And, you know, I'm seeing them do great things and now I'm here. Yeah. So, so what are you doing now? Um, did first of all, 
did you try to play professionally? Um, and then, yeah, what are you doing now? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I get that question a lot, actually. Um, and we'll go back to the spectrum mm. from way back. Yeah. The prospect, you know, high school player to prospect. Mm. And, you know, I felt like I was a college player, and I proved that I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and college, in college, you're supposed to develop mm. to become better. And I did that, but I never developed enough to become a prospect still. Like, I, I was a good college player, and I think that was my ceiling. Mm. Like, I just think that's what God, like, had for me. Mm. Um, where other other people obviously develop their tools and go to the draft. Go to the next level, yeah. So, my, I mean, my senior year, I was dealing with some shoulder issues. I got some cortisone shots just to, like, get my ass through the season. Yeah. Um, because of the senior year, and I'm like, look, this is it. If my arm feels like this, like, this yeah. is it. It's not worth it at a certain point in time. In my yeah. Opinion. I mean, <clears throat> I watched some MLB highlights. And I'm like, damn, I missed the game. Mm. But on the flip side, I'm like, I had a great career. And, like, you know, now it's time for me to, you know, do my next stage of life type yeah, of thing. For sure. Um, so what I'm doing now, um, I'm in the commercial insurance space. Mm-hmm. I'm an agent for a, uh, a specialty broker in Addison. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a sales role. So, I mean, me, me and you have talked right out of school. I've been working for the same company for a little over two years. Mm-hmm. But I've pivoted roles within those two years. Right out of school, I was in underwriting. Mm-hmm. And um, for everyone that doesn't know what underwriting is, it, it's basically kind of like data analysis, risk analysis mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, for our insurance company specializes with car dealerships. So that underwriting involves like risk analysis on car dealerships, mm-hmm. obviously. And, um, you know, I did that for like almost two years. And, you know, me and you have talked about it. not that underwriting is a great career. Some people love it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to throw shade. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. That's all it is. And uh, I wanted something more, more competitive more um you know person to person yeah um more social in a way mm-hmm. i guess you could say um really about relationships relationships and, and yeah, you know yeah. when you stop playing sports going back to baseball when you stop or football when you stop playing sports you have a huge void of time in your life that you don't know what to do with because you're like hey i've been grinding at this x fill in the blank sport for x amount of years mm-hmm. It took up. It was a full time job. It took up my day mm-hmm. every day. Every day. Now what do I do? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I work, but like what do I do after that? Right. Um. So going back, so underwriting. So I pivoted to a sales position um, earlier this year, back in March, and um, I'm really, really enjoying it, and I'm pretty good at it, mm. and I think there's um, a good career path with that mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to it um, I think I've built some equity in my company which I think has some value to it for sure and um, you know we'll see where it goes as far as what I want to do you know five ten years online we'll see but mm-hmm. um, a thing that I've been struggling with um, but like this podcast to walk on mentality like my mentality has helped me get through it is that void that I'm trying to deal with like mm-hmm. what do I do with all my time and you know I'm kind of a gym rat, so like I burn some hours in the gym, but it's like, do I really want to be the work workout sleep guy? Right. Like I gotta I gotta, it's gotta be some other value to life that I 
haven't found yet. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like, I mean, like what you're doing with this, like, this is badass. Like you're Appreciate trying it, to find something that you're passionate about that can fill up your void that you have because you're not playing football anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think everyone's trying to do that. And we're at this age, we're at this young age, we're trying to like tinker with stuff, mm. dip our toes into different buckets of water just mm-hmm. to see what we see like. What sticks. Yeah. So, you know, I'm in the process of doing that. Mm-hmm. I'll bounce some ideas off you. I mean, I'm glad you brought me to do this. This is badass. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So would you say like a big part of what my intent, what I try to do with this is, is draw the, the parallels. Um, so I guess for you and what you do now, what areas of your work do you see extreme parallels with your journey coming through JUCO, um, you know, s- selling yourself to the programs, finding roles um, with whatever team you're on, finding a spot, making it happen. Like, where do you see the parallels? I mean, I, I for me, like just listening to you talk, I hear, you know, you were an underwriter, didn't necessarily love it, but you stuck with it. You found that role, grinded it out, obviously did well enough to pivot into something else. They trusted you to do that. I know, you know, I'm, I'm in medical device sales and, you know, seeing the sales in that realm, I would imagine it's similar in insurance. I mean, sales is sales, no matter if you're selling windows or implants or insurance, whatever the case may be. So I know it's a grind. Um, so I guess what, what parallels do you see from your journey to now your professional life after sports? Yeah. So the big one is insurance in general, whether that's life, uh, personal or commercial, Mm. it's an old industry, meaning that, a lot of the big players are, you know, close to retiring. Mm-hmm. It's just an old industry, and the turnover is going to be hot mm-hmm. for our age group. Mm-hmm. But that being said, there's a lot of relationships that have been built because the They've been those guys and gals have been doing it so long. Mm-hmm. So there's like I'm an underdog from the get go, just because there's like, you know, wise people, you know, like experience experience yeah yeah, people that have been doing it so long so i have to get over that barrier Mm -hmm. and on the flip side there's another young buck just like me at a competitive insurance company trying to get the same deal that i'm trying to get Mm -hmm. right so there's a competitiveness there um you know in within my company i'm kind of like the only person doing my type of role it's kind of a special role so I have to do a good job of that or they'll just bounce me. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Those are some of the parallels. You know, some days are slower than others. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a mental workout some days. And other days are like, I can't get off my keyboard. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Not too high in the highs. Not not too too high in the highs, not too low in the lows type of thing. And um, just being able to to just relax, like just take a breath, take a step back. Yeah. Um, has helped me out in doing everything. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, bro. Um, I appreciate you coming on and sharing the journey. You got a, an awesome story. Um, so I appreciate you sharing with the audience for the listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode as always follow to stay up to date. You got the walk on mentality podcast on Instagram. You can follow me at J Mitch Doe with two E's to stay up to date. Follow Joe, go ahead and drop the ad. Joe Heineman.
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Heineman spelled uh, like Heineken, but with a man. <laughs> super, uh, you know, you can check the, the episode title for that one. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, another episode. I appreciate y'all for tuning in, and I hope y'all tune in next week. This is your host, Jackson Mitchell, with Joe Heineman signing off. We'll see y'all.